The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. Hilarious storyteller and gifted communicator, Lisa Harper. I, for so many years, pretended to be happy. It wasn't biblical happy. It was, I'll just slap a smiley face on, but inside I'm dying. And I thought if I admitted that I was struggling, then I would hurt God's reputation. And I did not think happy and struggling were congruent. And so I really wrestled with that. Learning that happiness is not the absence of sadness. Next on Life Today. because we have a wonderful guest who's written a book about the sacrament of happy. And we're going to talk about happiness. But, you know, i got to say, these ladies barely look over 30, but they have been close friends for over 30 years. So. Well, we're how nice we're are you? I, know. I, know. I slipped into him a 20 right before we went live. Yeah, actually, Lisa and I have been friends for how long? About 30 years. About 30 years. Yeah. Um, so we have a lot of stories on mm. each other. Please help us welcome Lisa Harper. <laughs> This is, this is going to be fun. Now, I have to admit that I wouldn't necessarily want some of my close friends coming on the show and telling stories about me <laughs> because I happen to know that one of the better stories... We have, well, we have a lot of stories we can't tell. Here's the thing. Sheila has been like a sister to me all this time. She knows all the bad stories about me, and she only tells the good ones. Well, I want to hear you one. You need friends like I'll, that. I'll, but, but I, I have a one. bad one about Sheila. Well, really, it's oh, about both of you. us. It's really about both of us. <laughs> okay, you started, and I'll finish. Well... Um, I don't know if you remember when Max Licato had like a Christmas movie coming out. It was called The Christmas Candle, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and Lisa, you were not, and I were invited to the red carpet screening right. of Premier. the movie. Premier. Premier. Yes. And, and we picked you up at the airport. <laughs> but and it we, was not the main premiere. It was no. like one of the side premieres. Yeah. yeah. It was more yeah. of a kind of burgundy carpet right. than a red it was. carpet, wasn't it? Kind yeah. of polypropylene indoor yeah. outdoor carpeting. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. we both had on dresses and very high heels. Right, right. And, we... and Barry insisted on driving his car, which has no real back seat. And I was in a fluffy season, as I am now, and it was very difficult to get in the back of your car in a dress with double spanks. Plus, he always, because it's a fairly new car, he always insists on parking like a mile away from yeah. any other car. So we, had to, <laughs> we ended up getting out where it was very... Muddy. It, well, it had been raining, Randy, and we pulled up, and he pulled up next to, you know, like a little grassy medium. To let you out. And Sheila, I'm always like the klutzy little sister. Sheila's always elegant. And so Sheila gets out of the car. She's wearing this beautiful, I can still remember the dress, this gorgeous jacket dress ensemble. She steps out, and you, she wears like... 10-inch heels. Well, when she steps out, what she didn't realize was the grass, it had rained, and it was really, really wet, and her heel pinned her in place. Well, then she gets pinned in place by her heels, and I think, I'm going to get out of the back seat and help her, but it took a while to get out of the back seat. And, and, but I'm like, I'm coming, I'm coming. Barry's not helping at all. He's getting his camera. No, he's I think he he's knew, taking photographs. Yeah, yeah. He knew comedy was going to ensue. Well, when I get Me out, too. I'm wearing really high, I'm actually wearing high boots, I think. Mm -hmm. 
were. But with heels. So I go to catch her, and instead we both, because we can't, there's no leverage in the mud, I end up falling on top of her. <laughs> you flattened In me. the mud, flattened, flattened her. Me. I mean, and then we're both howling. We could not get up. And can I please say what you're saying? Because, you know, some people think we're like, we fast and pray all the time. Sheila's underneath me in this elegant Scottish accent says, I'm peeing, I'm peeing. And, oh, that's so awful. But you know what it is when you're laughing so hard? And I'm like, Lisa, stop it. Don't make me laugh any harder. I know, I'm so sorry. So then we have to walk to this premiere, Randy, where, you know, the really gracious people are waiting for Sheila. She's going to be on camera. I was actually there. Oh, you were there? I was there. I'm mm -hmm. so sorry. And Tony Romo was there. Yeah, like, one of my heroes. heroes. Amazing people, while well, I'm walking behind her, and she's like, can you tell? I was like, yes, 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 you can. I mean, so we, we had to go home. We didn't even hilarious. go to the movie, no. we had to go home. It was hilarious, we I laughed so hard. But we were retelling that story. It's actually kind of the impetus to this book, and I promise there's actually some stuff about Jesus in there too. <laughs> um, not just trashy, you know, tawdry stuff, but we were telling that story about a year and a half ago. We were at an event, we were having dinner with some people, and we were telling that story, and we just kind of hilarity ensued. People started telling funny stories. And the woman next to me said, after we told four or five funny stories, she went, oh, those were happy times, weren't they? Mm. And that so struck me because I thought, you know, oftentimes believers, Christ followers, we talk about happiness as if it's either something that we're nostalgic, nostalgic about or something ethereal in the, in the air that we can't really attain, or we act like happiness is kind of the bad cousin of joy. Joy is spiritual. Right. It's Jesus, others, yourselves. Yeah. But happiness, like, are we really even allowed to belly laugh? I, I hear. God doesn't want us to be happy. He wants uh, us to be holy. Absolutely. And I'm like, absolutely. is that a false choice? I'd, I mean, I'd heard that my whole life. And I always thought of God as kind of grumpy. Yeah. I mean, holy, absolutely holy. Sure. But I didn't picture God smiling. Mm. And it was after Sheila and I were together, I thought I was actually studying Job at the time. And I thought, I want to study happiness in scripture and see if it's actually in there and see if if happy is even holy and that was actually kind of the genesis of of writing this book. And what's interesting about that Lisa is studying the book of Job I mean there's yeah. no book that more digs deep into the well of human suffering That's than right. the book of Job. That's so right. why was that a connect point for you? Um, because I had you know you and I have talked about this so many times I, for so many years, pretended to be happy. It wasn't biblical happy. It was, I'll just slap a smiley face on, but inside I'm dying. Mm. And I thought if I admitted that I was struggling, then I would hurt God's reputation. And I did not think happy and struggling were congruent. And so I really wrestled with that. And, um, and studying Job made me think, you know, Job never lost his there was a, there's a, a sense of contentment and fulfillment, even as he's struggling. And so I thought, I'm going to see if happiness can be congruent with just us living in a fallen world. And it is. I was amazed that um, I think it's 85 times the word happy, not joy, the word happy. And in Hebrew, it's Asher, or close to that. In Greek, it's makairos, but the Psalter, the Psalms, actually starts with the word happy. We usually translate it as blessed mm -hmm. in our English Bibles, but it's happy is the man who follows in the way of the Lord, who doesn't walk in the counsel of the wicked. Then when Jesus had his first public sermon you know, on the Mount, he starts with happy. Mm -hmm. It's wow. makairos in Greek. We usually translate it blessed, but it's just as theologically sound when he said, 
happy, we usually say blessed, are those who mourn, are those who are poor in spirit. And I thought, good night. Then what really slayed me is, uh, Peter is really my favorite of the disciples because he's the one who was always putting his foot in his mouth. So I resonate with Pete the most. <laughs> but I, of course, love the letters of Paul. And when Paul, remember when Paul was discipling Timothy and he's kind of giving him the charge. And you know this because you've taught me, I think, more about Paul's letters than anybody else. But he says, it's in 1 Timothy 1.11. He says, Tim, here's what you're called to do. He says, you're called to share the glorious story, the glorious gospel, the good news of the blessed Machairos, God. In other words, the happy, the God. happy God. Wow. And I thought, oh mm. my goodness, God actually de describes himself as happy. Mm. And our call, God's gift to us, his sacrament to us, and our call is to actually share that, and it's congruent. Happiness is not the absence of sadness. If it's you the, had to define happy, happiness, yeah, yeah. how would you unpack that? What is it? it? Is it a feeling? Is it a... No. I, well, I don't believe Scripture defines it like that. It's defined, and there's, it's defined um, in a lot of ways. To distill it, it would be the firm belief that God is good and God does good regardless of our circumstances or the world around us. Mm. So there's this bedrock, there's a, a contentment and a delight. Certainly sometimes happiness is expressed in laughter, but sometimes happiness is a very quiet thing. It's not always belly laughing and getting caught in the mud and, and you know, wetting on your friend. That's not always how happiness You just happiness had to go there one more time. <laughs> I did. I was feeling so naughty. Uh, no, there is there's a holiness to happiness and there's a delight, but it is, that's what I love about happiness is not always ha ha happy because I was taught joy is spiritual happiness is based in happenstance right. I literally heard that from the pulpit right, I have to. it's not good theology that's not how scripture defines it well I noticed you you, you talk about the sacrament yeah. of happy that's a heavy word it is a heavy sacrament word. It is. And usually we use sacrament to describe something that is marriage. Taking the sacraments would be communion. Right. But it's actually, it is God's blessing in an internal gift. And so if you study the use of happy, Asher and Machairos in scripture, sacrament absolutely defines happiness. It is a gift from God that is expressed ex externally, but it is deposited through his spirit. One of the things I love most about this book, when I got my copy in the mail, I just grinned from ear to ear because on the cover yeah. is a picture of you and Missy. My uh, daughter. Your daughter, a little girl you fought for for a long, long Who time. you helped pray here. Um, I have to tell you, friendship is one of the expressions of happiness. And Sheila, the day I brought Missy home from Haiti, I'm an adoptive mom and um, was just dumb as a rock when I was younger. And so... Um, never got married. My husband was lost once, tough to ask for directions, and didn't think I'd ever have kids because by the time I got a little smarter, my ovaries were raisins. We just might as well go there since we've been naughty. Um, but he's a redeemer. Randy, I'm sorry. I just have to because your face is like, please, please don't say any more trashy things. Um, he's such a redeemer, and he restored the years of my life that I just served up to Locust on a, on a platter. But Sheila is one who walked that whole adoption journey with me and I brought my little girl home um, April 14th, 2014 and she booked a flight to Nashville so that she could be uh, right at the end of the gate, oh, not on really? the other side of security. There was Aunt Sheila when we walked off the plane. So it was, it was really incredible. What has Mothering Missy taught you about happiness? Oh my goodness. Could you, by the way, can I just say this? You're an incredible mom. Oh, I mean, I, I knew you would be, but you're an incredible you know, I mom. I didn't know mm -hmm. I'd be an incredible, because mm -hmm. I was old, and there were places that were so broken in my life. 
um, what, what makes me a good mom, because I also have made every mistake known to motherhood in three and a half years, I am so grateful. I wake up every morning grateful, and that's really the key to happiness. Absolutely. I've taken me a long time, but I've figured out that gratitude flows from happiness, so it's a fruit of happiness, but it's also the road to happiness. It fertilizes happiness. And I think I'm so grateful for her. Sheila, I have never, she's not my hope. Jesus is my hope. But being a mom to this amazing kid, and Randy, she was supposed to die. She, her mama died of AIDS, her first mama in Haiti. My little girl had HIV and tuberculosis and cholera and was malnourished. I called Sheila the very first time I visited her. You remember I called mm -hmm. you from the Miami airport? And I just said, Sheila, this, I, this, this is going to be harder than I thought. Mm -hmm. And I remember you just praying with me and saying, you just walk one step at a time. God will be faithful. But she, oh, she makes me She's laugh beautiful. every day. She is beautiful. I'm and convinced smart. we look alike. She's smart. <laughs> She's a, a trip. She is funny. She, I mean, she, she makes so me laugh joyful. every day. Yes, she is. You know, because often when, when you adopt, sometimes you wonder if a child is going to go through a period yeah. of, like, detached or, you know. Yeah. But, I mean, she's genuinely the yeah. most joyful little yeah. girl I've ever met in my life. Uh, we laugh all the time. We have dance parties. It's been interesting <laughs> because I've heard more in the last three and a half years from people saying, hearing you laugh with Missy has helped me spiritually. I'm like, you mean the Bible studies I do? You don't remember the exegesis I fought so hard to learn in seminary? No. They're like, it's your laughter and it's her smiling. And that's where I go, you know, biblical happiness, not pretend, because right. I was a happy right. doppelganger for years, right. but contentment and delight, delight that's based in the faithfulness of God, the goodness of God, that actually can change the world. I, I, well, you know, and I was going to go there because... Your daughter has taken you places where you yeah. have changed the world. Yeah. Well, she, her story, we've gotten to go back to Haiti, to the village she's from. At first, I didn't want to go. You know, God was like, I want you to take Missy back to Haiti. And I was like, no, sir, that's not a good idea. And I don't know if you've learned this, but when God tells me to do something, if I don't do it, I usually get hives. Um, and he just <laughs> keeps on, keeps on. But I sense through his spirit him say, Lisa, the whole point is for you to take life back to a place where death often reigns. Yeah. And we went back to her village. Now we're going back multiple times a year, but the first time we went back was just this past January. And when we stepped off the bus, there's only 2,000 people in the village she grew up in, women begin to shriek. Mm -hmm. It's a miracle, it's a miracle, because they thought Missy had died, uh -huh. because they hadn't seen her in four and a half years. Last time they saw her, she was so sick. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, baby, just go invite all these people. We were going to have a, a women's conference. We were just <laughs> hoping women would come to this little community center. Now, if you try to exploit my kid, I'll cut you, but I can exploit her for the gospel. So I just sent her out, <laughs> in, the, yeah, sent her out into the village. And, and women came the next day to hear about Jesus because they were like, we just can't get over mm. this vibrant, happy kid who we thought had died. Mm. Wow. And we've had all these women now come to know Jesus in her village. And it's really through Missy joy. It's through her happiness. And that, tell us, yeah, tell us about the garden though that's oh, there. Oh yeah, that, that was incredible. That is too cool to skip you, over. I don't know if you know this, but proceeds from the book go to Mrs. Garden oh, in Haiti. Yes. Yeah, yeah we, we started cool. a garden. Um, I, I really wanted to buy more stretchy pants, but the Lord said, no, <laughs> use the proceeds from this book <laughs> to go to build a garden in Haiti. Glad you and, yeah, no, I was trying to see if I could get you again, Randy, mm -hmm. um, on private girl stuff. But um, we had at least three acres in her village, and now all the vegetables in that garden are feeding the kids in her village. It's and amazing. it's been right. unbelievable. I didn't know how much eggplant three acres could produce, but there, 
all kinds, because a lot of the kids in her village, even though it's a tropical island, had scurvy and a lot of other issues because they weren't getting the nutrients they needed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so they wanted to name it Missy's Garden. I was like, no, she's eight. We're not gonna name things after. So it's called the Happy Grove. And it's been the coolest thing, the way it's supporting life. And all these people are going, oh, my goodness. I mean, life can come from near death. Yeah. 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 That's right. And yeah. what's interesting about that kind of coming full circle is how obedience increases happiness. It does. Oh, that's good, Randy, yeah. Yeah, it does. I know we were gonna stay on trashy stories, but we'll go there too. <laughs> um, it is, I think, I, I started digging when I was really studying kind of the analogy of scripture, trying to go from cover to cover and go, what does it say about happiness? Yeah. And I thought after I, I found that it's actually in there, it's holy, God says he's happy, he says he makes us happy where his image bears. I thought, how do you get happy? Is there, you know, is there a secret to it? Is there a one, two, three? And it's pretty simple. It's focus on God and focus on others. It is obedience. It is. These yeah. things I have told you, you That's know, right. for your benefit. That's Abide right. in me. That's right. You know, and I'll and abide in you. Your joy will be full. Yeah. I know. Mm. I know. It's amazing. Missy and I were at the doctor recently. She has to get blood taken on a pretty regular basis. And she cries. She the needles are huge. She hates it. And I was going, baby, I want you to just look at me. Don't look at the needle. Look at me. Look at me. Focus mm. on me. And she was starting to cry and then she looked at me and she goes, Mama, you have a big hair on your chin. <laughs> I was like, well, yeah. But I was like, Whatever that's it. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah hey. that's it. But I was like, that's it. You just focus, you focus on, you focus. You focus on God, you focus on each other. And there is great joy in that, delight, contentment. You know what I love? When you post Instagram, which you post a lot. Yes, um, Missy and Jesus, Missy and Jesus. But it's so beautiful. The thing that when you post once where she's worshiping. Yeah. And I think, I remember the first photograph that you got oh, of Missy. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And this little girl who was clearly dying. Right. And I watched right. this beautiful girl now with her it's hands so raised in yeah. worship. I mean, it's just, just that doesn't make day. you happy, it's, then check your it's pulse. It's unbelievable. Just the other day she said, and again, this goes right back to happy. She, we were in a hotel and she said, Mom, I don't want to take a nap. And I said, baby, you don't have to nap. And I said, let's just have a conversation. And <laughs> she said, um, she said, are, are God and Jesus in heaven? And I said, yeah, baby, they're in heaven. And she said, um, what are they doing in heaven? And I've learned in my short tenure as a mother that when they ask hard questions, just to pose it back to them. And I said, what do you think they're doing in heaven? And she said, I think they're talking. And I said, I think that's a good, I think that's a good guess, baby, because it says that Jesus intercedes to God the Father for us. That means he talks to him about us. And she said, what do you think they're talking about, mama? And I said, well, what do you think they're talking about? <laughs> and she said, I think they're talking about me. Aww. And I said, you do? I said, well, what do you think they're saying about you? And she paused for, I don't know, maybe two or three seconds. And then she just got this ear to ear grin. And she said, I think Jesus is saying, I love that Missy. Aww. And I thought, you know, that's, that's gospel 101. He delights in us. And that's one of the things that studying happiness in scripture has done for me. All too often I picture God as punitive. Mm -hmm. Even though we talk about grace, grace for me sometimes is wet soap. You know, it's a slippery concept. And this is what I see through Missy. I, I mean, Sheila, everything she does I think is brilliant. <laughs> She's just, she just slays me. Yesterday she was running around in a catboy costume. I saw the pictures. Yeah, just, just silly, <laughs> just running around in a costume. And I thought, I, I think she's, she's just a, a walking, talking miracle. <laughs> and 
over and over again, God will say, the way you love Missy, I love you so much more than that. And I don't think I believed it until yeah. I became a mom. It couldn't be a more perfect segue, actually, to talk about um, something that we're very committed to, not because we have to, because God has made us really happy and we want to extend that to others. Would you watch this? It's hard to wrap your mind around something like drought. The devastating impact it has on young and old alike is heartbreaking. And when there's no rain, there are no crops for food. Families resort to doing everything they can just to survive, even eating seed pods from trees. Life's mission team listened as one man named Gabriel shared his story. This man's story breaks my heart. It amazes me. His dedication to his family is applaudable. It's incredible. And yet it breaks my heart at the same time because what you'll learn from Gabriel is that they lose their children because despite their best efforts, they're unable to give them enough food. Gabriel here works so hard making firewood. He goes, he chops trees down, he, he burns it, he prepares it, he bags it. He walks for more than three hours to get to the closest market to hopefully sell his bag of charcoal. And if he sells it, he gets enough money to buy one, maybe two meals for his family. Gabriel has a wife and two children. He had a wife and four children just a year ago. But unfortunately, he wasn't able to provide enough food for two of those children who starved to death. You see, Gabriel doesn't only know what it is to work hard. Gabriel understands the devastating pain of losing a child, of burying not one, but two of his own children. You'll see what Gabriel needs is Gabriel needs mission feeding to come to his village. Gabriel needs his children to get that bowl of food each and every day, that bowl of life. Gabriel needs your help. Please give the gift of life to Gabriel, to his children, and to his village today. You know, I think Isak is, is so right on when he talks about how we can actually do something. That's not how it's supposed to be. People aren't supposed to be starving in this world. They aren't supposed to be walking miles and miles and miles just to provide a meal that may or may not get their children through another day. God wants us to reach out and do something. He has given us the means to do it. 30, 50, $100 will feed three, five, or 10 children for three months. Those are just numbers. We're talking about lives. So what I'm asking you to do is just say a quick prayer and say, God, would you have me do something? How much would you have me do? And then just obey. That's what he requires of us. He doesn't want you to sacrifice. He wants you to be obedient. If you will be obedient and join with us in reaching around the world, you can not just share the gospel in word, but in deed, as we go into these dark places and share God's light and give them a bowl of food. Sheila, I know you've seen this firsthand. What have you seen out there? 
You know, it's, I was just thinking, Randy, when our son's almost 21, and when he was a young boy and a teenager, we had what we call this pantry full of boy food. You know, just because I would feed him regular meals and then he would always be hungry, so we had all these boy snacks. I look into the eyes of that man, Gabriel, and I think of how hard he works. I mean, chopping down trees, burning it, turning it into charcoal, walking for three hours, which means he has to walk three hours back, in the hopes of selling that so he can provide the two children that he has left one or two meals. God has left you and I on this planet at this moment, it is not a mistake. We are here for a time like this. We are called to be the hands and feet of Jesus, right. not just by going to our churches and worshiping and studying God's word. Yes, we do that. But out of that flows the love and the care and the mercy of God. One of us can't change all, but together we can make a huge difference. I have held mothers in malnutrition clinics as their babies took their last breaths. And then I have gone to the villages where mission feeding is in place and it's death to life. That's what we are about, Life Outreach International. We offer life in the form of food. And then once we have earned their trust, then we share life in the person of Jesus Christ. So if you and I do something, maybe you can only do $30, that's fantastic. Maybe you can give $1,000, that's an additional gift to help with our food factory upgrade. Our factory needs an upgrade, it's getting old. And if we upgrade it, we'll get 50% more food. So please, please go to your phone, call the number on your screen and make the very best gift possible. In impoverished and famine-stricken areas of Africa, children are suffering. The need is great, and without food, they face death by starvation. With your support, you will help feed and care for children in crisis areas of Sudan, Angola, and Mozambique. With Africa facing ongoing food shortages and drought, we urgently need to replenish supplies and come to the aid of 400,000 children counting on us. Your life-saving gift of 30 50 or $100 will help feed and care for three, five, or 10 children for the next three months. Please also consider an additional gift to help provide critically needed upgrades to our food factory that will increase overall production by a staggering 50%. This is a $216,000 challenge above our normal feeding budget that could help save even more lives. With your gift of any amount, we'll send you in the middle of the mess in her new book, Sheila Walsh brings insight to knowing the peace and presence of Christ in the midst of life's inevitable messes. With your gift of $100 or more to help feed and care for 10 children, we'll send you Sheila's book, plus the Arise coffee mug. This heat-activated mug reveals Isaiah 61 each time you fill it with a warm beverage, a wonderful way to begin your day. And finally, with your gift of $1,000 or more to help feed and care for 100 children, be sure to request our Determined Eagle bronze sculpture. Please call, write, or make your gift online. Thank you so much. If the phones are busy, please keep calling. We can change the world one child at a time. And for any um, donation send in, if you would like to get the Sacrament of Happy by Lisa Harper, we would love to send it to you. Yes, yes, please ask for that and please make the best gift you can. As always, we, appreciating you, we appreciate you being with us. Would you thank Lisa Harper for being with us? Oh, thank you. Always thank you so much. Always proud. You make us happy. Thank you. Don't miss life today. Join us every day. Join us online. We'll see you next time.
Next week on Life Today, Country Music Hall of Famer Charlie Daniels shares inside stories reflecting back to the beginning of his career and his faith journey. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.